Talk History. I'm your host, Matt, for the 76th episode. <laughs> and with me, as always, is my co-host, Lorna. Hello. Changed up a bit there, didn't I? Bit of ad-libbing, bit of improvisation. Hmm. You know, listen to podcasts before. One of us does a report. What? You just mumbled that a bit. Did I? Yeah. If you've never listened to the podcast before, it's one of us... If you've never listened. Bit. If you, you have, have never, never listened, listened to the podcast before... One of us does a report on a moment, person, event, time, time, topic from history, teaching not only the other co-host, but the world. Who listens? Who listens? So, <laughs> some of the world. A large portion of the world. Mm. Mm. So, uh, this week, uh, I'm going to do a report. I'm excited. And, um, have you heard of... Marie Antoinette. I have. So I'm going to do the life and times of Marie Antoinette. Are you going to say it like that every time? Say what? Like what? Do you, throughout the report, are you going to refer to her as Marie Antoinette or are you going to refer to her as Marie? I don't know. Marie or... Well, that's the that's what I did in this Antoinette. when I was writing it. What did you refer to as Marie? M-A. Oh! Because, honestly, writing Marie Antoinette every <laughs> time... It is a chore. Oh, And I think killer. you'd spell it wrong most of the time. Yeah. It's tough spelling. Sometimes. She's Mary. Anthony. No, she's not. She's not, no. Um, so it's a bit of a difficult one because uh, she's very wrapped up. Her life is very intermingled with... Uh, oh, a lot of others. The French Revolution. Yeah, a lot of people there. <laughs> a lot of other people. So I've tried to just focus mainly on Marie. Who is the famous person of the French Revolution? Uh, Marie Antoinette. No, 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 the guy. I'm not sure. I can't remember. We read about it as well, didn't we? But I've just not. I've just blanked all that from my brain. Tried to go basic here. So okay. if you if you don't know anything, like I didn't know much about her life. She's a name. She's a figure. She said, "Let them eat cake." Oh, you've ruined it. Why? That's my favourite bit. Oh, um, sorry. You can reenact I'll it. I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> she's actually probably one of the most famous people um, from the early modern period, at least in the in the Western world. I would say. From the early modern period? Well, I, when we say most famous, I often like to think, would Faye know about this person? Cause that would she would have heard of Marie Antoinette? Famous, because... Because Faye. Faye's not really interested in stuff like this, so she would have known. I don't think she'd have heard of her. Sorry. I think she she might have. But well, who would she have heard of? We can ask her later and we'll tweet out the The result. early modern period, then. I don't know, name some Give me some big people. names. Louis the Fourteenth. She also would. Do a topic. Uh, oh, she might not have heard of them. She didn't do history at A level. Yeah, Peter the Great. Mm, she probably wouldn't Just have heard of them. Just naming a couple of. Uh... Oh, I didn't do a topic on Peter the Great. That might be a might be a good you one did. to do. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh, okay. Done a lot of them. You I? did. Don't worry. Mm, did I? Yes. Okay, Saint Petersburg. Mm. Oh yeah, it rings a bell. You did. You did. So uh, anyway, I'll start. Uh, Marie Antoinette, born in Vienna. November the 2nd, 1755. Oh. Oh, what? Long time ago. It's a while ago. Vienna. Vienna, Austria. Yeah. She was the daughter of the Holy Roman Empire. Emperor, sorry. I've written H-R-E, and I knew that I'd forget what that (gasps) meant. The Holy Roman Emperor, Francis I. And uh, the Habsburg <clears throat> Empress Maria Theresa. They love a Habsburg over there. They do. Maria Theresa. So she's quite a big deal from birth. Holy Roman Emperor. 
Well, usually, well, Habsburg. I knew who she went on to marry. Yeah. So, and back then, uh, kings and whatnot would only yeah. marry like princesses yeah. or you marry your cousin like, or royalty. Royalty. They're so, the circles we travel well, yeah. in. She's a big deal when you. Rich when you're rich famous. and famous, not like us. <laughs> uh, she was the 11th daughter, though. Wow. I think she was the 16th child, maybe. Or maybe they had 16 children, something oh like that. Oh, my gosh. That is too many for anyone. Are they all to the same parents? Has not that sure. woman churned out 16 kids? Churned out makes it seem <laughs> a lot less glamorous than it is. It's not that glamorous anyway. <sighs> she was uh, sort of used as a pawn in... Uh, in the on the do- uh, on the diplomatic chessboard that it's was Maria. Europe. Maria or Maria Theresa, or mum? No, uh, Antoinette. M A. We, we need to get a name going here. Okay, Maria. Okay, well that's not good because her mum's called Maria. How many She's called more Marie. times? She's called oh, Marie. How Antoinette. many more times? How many more times is a mum mentioned? Yeah. a couple of times. All right, okay, we'll just call her Maria A. Well, she's not Maria, she's Marie. Oh, Marie. <laughs> Why do I keep Her doing that? Her mum's called Maria, she's called Marie. Honestly, I've thrown myself for a loop here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just say a full name, it's fine. <laughs> uh, France and Austria were trying to create a complex web of allegiances after the end of the Seven Years' War. How long did that war last? Oh, Three. very good. That's a classic <laughs> history joke. Absolutely kills that in your lecture hall. Um, Marie Antoinette uh, was thus married to the Dauphin. Yes. That's Dauphin, not Dolphin. That was the grandson. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's sort of like I'm good. one of the heirs to the throne of, of, uh, of France. France. And it was um, Louis. A cl- obviously a Louis. Obviously a Louis. Related to Louis the Fourteenth. Well, it was the grandson of Louis yeah. the Fifteenth. Grandson. Of right. Louis the Fifteenth. so... I don't like Couple the of generations. Dolphin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's Dol- Dolphin, yeah. I don't um, know. And they got married on May 16, 1770. So she was about 14 or 15. He Too was 16 and they'd never met before. How did Oh, how did they meet? That was my next question. Well, they got put together. It was an arranged thing. Because oh, Austria and France wanted to... Unite in this, yeah. after the Seven Year War. What? Great good relations. So a, a lavish uh, second wedding ceremony. I'm not sure what the first one was. Maybe in Vienna, but uh, the second ceremony was took place at, at the Royal Chapel at Versailles, which was the home of yes. the French um, monarchy at the time. More than five thousand guests watched as they were married, and thus began Marie Antoinette's life in the public eye. The French people did not like Austria; they're not a big fan, and so they immediately had a bit of an issue with Marie Antoinette. Um, and Louis was apparently quite timid. This was the man she married. Um, quite timid and uninspiring and inattentive. Because he was uh, inattentive, by the time that he ascended to the throne in May 1774, so four years after they got married, uh, Marie Antoinette had withdrawn um, from him to sort of seek companionship and distraction amongst a circle of favourites and politically vulnerable companions whom she might have avoided if her private life was a bit more satisfactory that's what i read so she's basically gone in like moving away from louis and all these people to find her own like gang her own group right her own social group of all these people who she might not have met or become friends with if louis had been more attentive i think that's allegedly. fair enough yeah if have your own boring, friends yeah get yourself a social life her most intimate friend another marie marie therese louis uh, louise 
de Savoie Carignan. Too many We're going to call her the Princess de Lambard. Where's she from? Well, I'm assuming Lambard. Where's that? Don't know. I don't know if that's just her. I don't know. Is she the Princess of Lambard? Or is Lambard like a family name? Not sure. I don't know. Anyway, she'd moved to court, uh, to the court of Versailles when the couple were married in 1770. So she's her closest friend. She comes into it a bit later on. When Why did she move there then? What was the reason? She just loves, just, just best mates. Oh, they were already friends? Uh, oh, no. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Actually. Well, she's a princess though as well. So she met all these yeah, people. Yeah, no, she, she did. When, yeah, so maybe, yeah, when I've read it, reread it. So she would have been there. When they At got married, Versailles. and then she's probably a friend of Louis. Well, she—I think they just she's like a rich person, isn't she? She's yeah. part of the first estate, Ooh. isn't she? Or is she? No, she's not. That's the—I get onto that. But she's part of the like the noble, the nobility. So maybe the second estate. So anyway, um, the uh, Marie Antoinette had very few official duties as queen. Um, so she spent most of the time socialising, as I said, and indulging her extravagant tastes. E.g., she uh, she had a model model farm built on the palace grounds of Versailles, so that she and her ladies-in-waiting could dress in elaborate costumes and pretend to be milkmaids and shepherdesses. Shepherdesses? Weird. Shepherdesses. Weird hobby for me. Just like, I just love to milk cows, or pretend to milk cows. That's why it's weird. Yeah. Because it's not like, they're not performing or anything. No. It's like the children. It's like them plays yeah. you used to do when you were kids. But we'd always perform them to our parents, so you we would. don't know. W- weren't you in the Spice Girls? Oh, yeah, I was. It I wasn't was the either... six of you. Yeah, there were six of us, so me and Faye were, were Baby Spice and Fairy Spice. We added one. Fairy Spice. Fairy, Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so um, we couldn't remember the dance routines. My cousins are a little bit older than us, so they had them. They were so good, and me and Faye would just run across. You could be a Victoria, I feel, right now. Really? Is that because she wears, like, she's quite moody? And I'm a bit moody. No, you both like fashion. You've got black hair. That's where I was going. I've not got black hair. You've both got dark hair. Thank you. We'll edit that. Got black um, so, <laughs> thank you though. That's it's nice. Okay. Just, I'd rather be Victoria, I think, than who, any other. Oh really? Yeah. Is Victoria favourite. She's the worst singer, isn't she? She's the one who. Yeah, but she's got she talents in other areas. In other areas. She does. She does very mm. well in her fashion she does, design. But and she married well. She didn't marry well. Um, so very well. All right. So um, Louis the Sixteenth, as he became known, her husband. He's looking off into the distance, having a dream of David Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> While I'm uh, trying to tell you about Louis the Sixteenth. He's not as good as David. Marie Antoinette. No, he's quite timid, apparently. Mm, the um, dolphin. Well, now he's married. Now it's he's like the king. Them potatoes. What are them potatoes? Dolphin noir potatoes. I'm not I made sure. that up. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to Google that. Right Apologies, now. podcast okay. listeners. So I'll just carry on. So Louis the Sixteenth entrusted Marie Antoinette. Uh, with organising entertainment for the court. She took to this job with zeal, apparently, putting on plays two or three times a week and reviving the tradition of great balls. Hmm. She converted the peace room... I in... reckon Louis XIV would have loved her. Yeah, I he think she might have. balls and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she... <laughs> I was going to move right past that. She converted the peace room into a games room <laughs> and became a keen player of billiards and cards. She loved music and she played the harp 
She's quite social. I like her. Can I just yeah, say? Yeah, tell me about your Dauphin potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> Creamy <laughs> potatoes. Wonderful. There's a BBC recipe for anyone interested. Just have a Google. Um, so anyway, yeah, she's she's big into entertainment. That's what because she's got nothing else to do. No, Seems and I like. think she's Hanging a born entertainer for me. How do you know? I've seen her. I'm not really. I've seen her in that play about milkmaids. She, <laughs> she loved the arts, as we, as you might have I guessed. I love the arts. And she had a particular fondness for a couple of people, so I'll name her, I'll have a crack at oh, these. Oh, go on. For a cabin cabinet maker and royal furniture supplier, Arizona. Not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. And the painter, Elizabeth Vergie Lebrun. That female, yeah, love it. Elizabeth, yeah, um, whose successful career as a portraitist artist owed much to the Queen's support, and who produced around thirty portraits of her. She's big into That's this gross. guy who likes making. Um, I don't know, this guy or girl who likes making cabinets and furniture, the royal furniture supplier. And then obviously she loves. This painter. Yeah, but I think that's like... I really like that painter's woman, but I think I can relate to the cabinet maker because if you like like rich, they've got a lot of rooms to fill and they often like, let me just call my interior designer mm. see what they think. He's got that role. He's, yeah, he has. She's like, send a letter to whatever it's called. Arizona. Uh, Arizona. I'm not sure if that's right. So um, anyway, she also devoted much of her time, just like Victoria Beckham, to fashion. Um... Being ad- um, advised daily on what to wear by her favourite designer and stylist, Rose Burton. Her hairdresser, Leonard, uh, came up with elaborate new hairstyles, which she adored. So she's big oh, into really? all this sort of Good. fashion sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, she's, like I said, the French people, not a big fan of Austria, not a big fan of her. They, uh, oh, they, there was widely circulated newspapers and inexpensive pamphlets which poked fun at her behaviour and uh, spread outlandish, even pornographic rumours about her. Oh. And it sort of became a trend to blame France's problems on Marie Antoinette. That's sort of what I read. But I read a few different websites to get this information. and One in particular I felt was very on her side. It was very like biased oh, okay. towards her. But, um, yeah, so she had all these big balls and everything. So people didn't like her, I think, because of because of the way she spent all this money and was that extravagant. Um, yeah, but that was that was her task. Yeah. she was told to entertain. People. I know, but the people in France are sort of struggling after war and struggling in poverty. No, fair enough. I'm on both sides. So the actual um, the role that she played in France's internal and uh, foreign policy whilst Louis the Sixteenth was king is probably over exaggerated. So some people have said like she was quite influential in. I don't think the... she was interested to be honest. From what you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because usually, you can like when you hear about queens and like princesses and stuff, you can tell if they've got an interest, and they'd show a lot of interest, but she doesn't for me hmm. she's interested in the arts she's interested in yeah she's interested in a couple of different things she well i've written her she wasn't really too interested in politics there we go at that time except to secure favors for her friends really. i imagine yeah um and apparently even that so that's obviously not great when you just like oh give them money to do whatever but um apparently helping out a favorite wasn't favorites wasn't really great strain on or great drain on the uh royal treasury at the time Oh, okay. 
it's been said that she didn't really exceed the political influence wielded by the royal mistresses of Louis the Fifteenth. So it wasn't like a huge change. She wasn't coming in and spending like unbelievable amounts of money on all these um, yeah. events. But maybe it was portrayed like that, and maybe people since have thought perceived that. Perceived it. Been perceived. Her um, other court expenditure um, contributes, but to a minor degree, to the huge debt incurred by the French state in the 1770s and 1780s. Uh, so she was a bit, she's had a little bit of a problem, but not as much as, she wasn't the main part of the problem why they were in debt. Right. The main problem was uh, 18th century colonial wars, uh, especially the American Revolution, in which the French had intervened on behalf of the colonists. Um, so they had a huge debt from wars mainly. Um, and obviously the people who owned most of the pro- most of the property in France, the Catholic Church, also known as the First Estate, and the nobility, aka the Second Estate, generally did not pay taxes on their wealth. Uh, it was your local lads. Uh, it was your ordinary folk who had the highest taxes, and they're the Third Estate, and thus resentment um, for the royal families. Conspicuous spending spread. Makes sense. Yeah. You've seen them spend loads of money and then the f- people who are rich aren't paying any tax. And then all of and a you're sudden paying the all the tax. Yeah. Up. And you're paying loads of tax. It's just not fair, is it? Feudalism. It's really not fair. So, Marie Antoinette did try and help Austria out a bit in the foreign policy. So, obviously, she's the French queen, but families from Austria. Yeah. Her bro, as I've written, Emperor Joseph II at the time, was disappointed at how little success she actually had. Um, she was opposed by Louis uh, in these attempts to try and help out her brother. I'm not surprised, though. Because yeah. I think it might have looked, made him look pretty weak if he's all of a sudden been like, everyone hates Austria. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to help out because my wife said so. Mm. Um, that's what people would perceive. Mm. Louis and um, Marie Antoinette weren't having a lot of luck in the bedroom. Um, and the Queen's childlessness in the 1770s inspired rivals, um, including the King's own brothers, uh, who would be king if they didn't have a have an heir to the throne, a legitimate heir. So they, they sort of circulated slanderous rumours, uh, reports of her alleged extramarital affairs. And the so we've had people saying that anyway in sort of like, pamphlets that people hand out yeah. on the street and stuff and this culminated in the affair of the diamond necklace in 1785 what a fancy affair i love that so basically i'll give you a little break i thought it's quite an interesting story and it has a fancy little name so um basically the countess de lamotte um wanted this diamond necklace um which was worth well i think it's 1.6 million livre at the time Wow, One six zero 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 zero. That's right, isn't it? One one point six million, I think. Yeah. It was the property of a Parisian jewelers, and they had previously tried unsuccessfully. The jewelers had to sell it to Louis the Fifteenth as a present for one of his mistresses, and then to Louis the Sixteenth for Marie Antoinette. They'd been like, "Do you want this? You can have it. You know, we'll back, sell it to you. You can give it as a present." And they were both like, nah. "Nah, don't like it." She didn't deserve that. The Countess, though. Was it really like this? The Countess de Lamotte. Uh, she had a scheme which involved the prestigious Cardinal de Rohan. We've been watching uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, Rohan. Rohan. <laughs> Name of one of the uh, uh, places. The, the king who's like half asleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Cardinal de Rohan was the Bishop of Strasbourg. 
he, without going into it, he'd fallen out of favour with Maria Theresa. Marie Antoinette's mother. And thus Marie Antoinette as well. Yeah. Um, and was anxious to be restored to favour at French court. So he's like, I really, you know, I need to find a way back into French court. And the Countess is like, well, here you go. So the Countess said to the Cardinal, look, Marie Antoinette wants this necklace. But she didn't. The Countess wanted it. I know, but this is... Right, okay, right, yeah. sorry. So she said to the Cardinal, the Marie Antoinette wants this nexus, nexus? necklace on the DL. She wants it on the down low. Um, get here for it secretly and she'll give you a way back into court. You'll have this big, everyone will be like, oh, love the Cardinal again. So okay. he actually got convinced of this by um, some forged letters which the Countess provided to, with him. To of him, she did. Claiming to be Marie Antoinette. And also a brief nocturnal interview in the Garden of Versailles with a prostitute designed as the Queen. So he's oh got convinced gosh. that he's had a little like chat in, in the night with uh, Marie Antoinette. It turns out it's just been someone Why dressed she up. Why chatting in the night with him? Because he, she really wants his necklace on the DL. How bizarre. This is a bizarre story. Yeah, so he went to the jewellers and he entered a contract with the jewellers. He was supposed to pay in instalments for it, quite a hefty sum. And he missed the first one. Rookie error, missing the first instalment of this jeweler. Wait, so <laughs> supposed what's to be on the happened DL. with the necklace? So he's paid for it. He's had it. He's got it. I don't think he's got it yet, though. I think right, he has I'm a to bit. Pay in full I'm not sure. This is, it, it did get a bit confusing. So he's he's missed the first one, and then what a rookie! The jewelers applied directly to the queen, being like, "I've heard this is for you. What's going on? Where's the money?" Um, but instead of concealing it, Louis XVI arrested the cardinal and imprisoned him in the Bastille, the uh, prison, quite famous prison. Um, and he and his accomplices were tried before the Parliament of Paris. He was actually acquitted eventually on May thirty first, seventeen eighty six. So like the year later, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, but he was deprived of all his offices and exiled to some abbey somewhere. Oh, so it worked out worse for him because that's Not silly good for countess. Him. But the countess was sentenced to be flogged, branded in prison for life, but she later <gasps> escaped to England and from there published scandalous memoirs vilifying the queen. Oh my gosh. But it just... Unbelievable. Looked... Marion Antoinette was guiltless in this whole thing, but the scandal apparently confirmed the belief of contemporaries in her... Of her moral laxness and frivolity. So they were like, even though she wasn't involved at all, people were like, she was dodgy. She was having, some people were like, she had an affair with this cardinal. Something's oh going on. Someone's, gosh. you know, word is smoke is fire. Is that the saying? I don't think the Countess can then write memoirs like Bill Oh, she did. <laughs> the Queen didn't She obviously do didn't anything. like her. No, but I think she just didn't like her by the sounds Rude. of it. Um, but the arbitrary arrest of the cardinal, the way they were just like, not. Yeah. Not forced to just going to take him in, even though he's cardinal. The pressure put on his judges and his final disgrace deepened um, the impression of the king's weakness and the autocratic nature of the government. So they were like, this king will do whatever he wants. He'll like arrest a cardinal and he'll imprison him and he'll mm. throw him in the Bastille and disgrace him and exile him. Yeah. And like, that's not good. They were like, this isn't what we want in our country. Oh, God. This an is auto- a mess. An autocrat. The Diamond Affair, which yeah. wasn't an affair. I know. <laughs> So it discredited this scandal, discredited the monarchy and encouraged the nobles to vigorously oppose all financial reforms advocated by the king's ministers between 1987 and 1788. So like just after this, they were like, now nah, we'll just 
Whatever you're saying, we're not going to do. <laughs> Noble's like, no thanks. Uh, it wasn't good for Marie Antoinette, obviously, as I said, and it was all, all the worse because she just um, sort of had a step back as well in the last few years. She'd given birth to a daughter, Marie-Therese Charlotte, in December 1778, and of the Dauphin, Louis, in October 1781. Um, so she'd been moving out the spot. So she'd had two kids, one yeah, boy. Just after. Uh, she's got an heir. Just after or just before? Just before, yeah, because it was 1785, the affair. So she has got it, an heir now. Yeah, um, so the intentions of that weren't even like to no, put her off having an heir like some of the others were. Yeah, they were just like. This yeah. was just the countess, the countess was being greedy. And then everyone was like, this ain't good. Yeah. Bit of a scandal. Um, so, yeah, she'd moved out of the limelight, and then this just dragged her back in. Aww. I thought I was out, but they just pulled me back in. So she was living a bit of a quieter life. Um, and then the second son was born, actually, in March 1785, which I think was around the time of the affair. Uh, that, that would be the future Louis the 17th. Um, Louis the 16th and his advisors tried to impose a more representat- representative system of taxation, but the nobility resisted. And the popular press blames Marie Antoinette mainly for this um, because she was known as Madame Vito, um, amongst other things. Um, and she she wasn't the only wealthy person in France who didn't like the idea of being taxed, but she was the one that they focused on and were like, mm. she's vetoing this taxation, fairer taxation. Although I don't think, I'm not sure if she was at that point. Um, what, you're not sure if she was vetoing it? Yeah, but that's that's what they called her, but... Yeah. I'm not sure the ins and outs of that. In um, So things have been going pretty bad, actually, in the country overall. And in 1789, representatives from all three estates, the clergy, nobility, and the common people, met at Versailles to come up with a plan for the reform of the French state. What about the nobility? I said uh, nobility. Uh, the, royal, like the royal family? No. It was at court, though, so maybe they were there, but... Yeah. Uh, the first and second estate weren't really about giving up their privileges, though, so it's, it's pretty difficult because they live very different lives. Um, in May of this year, Marie Antoinette had little to do with politics. She was actually distracted by the illness of her elder son. I mentioned Louis, the first son that she yeah. had, uh, who actually died in June oh. that year, uh, 1789. So not good. Around that time, the French, the French, the third estate, so the people, regular people. Uh, the delegates of those uh, were inspired by enlightenment ideas oh, about personal liberty and civic equality and formed a national assembly, revolutionary national assembly, that uh, placed the government in the hands of the French citizens for the first time. So they're like basically taking power away yeah. from I'm the king. I'm not surprised. Um, because conditions for the French people are only getting worse and uh, the anger was naturally aimed at nobility and the monarchy um and my internet as we mentioned was a convenient target target for cartoonists and pamphleteers i wrote that because i like the word pamphleteers uh, and they de- depicted her as undermining the french nation i bet they were derogatory to mm. poor mother on july 14th 1789 a crowd stormed the bastille Mentioned Storming earlier. Storming of the Bastille. Yeah, on the east side of Paris, which is a huge moment in French history, and it was a huge moment at the time, obviously. It's um, Bastille Day, isn't it? Yeah, and it'd been a prison, as I mentioned, and it'd been seen as a symbol of the um, despotism of the ruling Bourbon monarchy. Louis, the Louis line, in a way, it was uh, the Bourbon monarchy. 
Um, and the dramatic capture of this prison, so they basically took over this prison, where loads of people have been held over the years, um, came to symbolise the end of the ancien regime, ancient mm. regime, this old way of yeah. living in uh, France. It's revolution time. Yeah, it's revolution time. So the uh, Bastille was subsequently demolished later on by the order of the uh, revolutionary government. So it's crisis, basically, yeah. 1789, uh, especially for if you're rich and if you're Marie Antoinette. Um, apparently during these crises and the ones to come in the in the 1790s, uh, Marie Antoinette proved to be stronger and more decisive than her husband. Oh, I'm not surprised, actually. Um, he's a bit of a wet lettuce, the she, dauphin. She tried to... He's not a dauphin anymore. <laughs> he's the king. Um, after the Bastille fell, apparently she tried and failed to convince Louis to take refuge with, with their army at Metz. So she was like, we need to get out of here. Let's go and, you know, get yeah. with your army and we can do something about it. Um, in August or September time, she did convince him to resist the attempts of the Revolutionary uh, National Assembly to abolish feudalism and restrict the royal prerogative. So she was like, don't let them take away our, yeah. like, system. Which is not a good system, but don't let them take away our but system. She's used to the don't system. let them take away our, like, prerogative our like privileges as yeah. roya- royalty royality royality um obviously this meant that she also the anger towards her just grew because people mm. were like now she's stopping us from well um succeeding in our revolutionary yeah. ideas um i'm a bit torn I'm on and both sides. this animosity contributed to the legend that on being told that the people had no bread she remarked let them eat cake um i always thought famous. that was in a good way no i didn't realize it was bad i don't know why i always thought it was they were struggling for bread and she was like well let them eat cake and was <laughs> providing the cake i just I thought she sat was around like, and, like she's cutting up a big cake putting on paper she's plates like, how many who's not you? got one <laughs> how many do i need to cut this into yeah not good big costco cake <laughs> yeah yeah that's my naivety yeah. there um, oh, well. In October, a mob of Parisian women, protesting the high cost of bread, as I mentioned, and other goods, marched to Versailles. Apparently, dragged the entire royal family to Paris and imprisoned them in the Tuileries. I can never say that word. Tuileries. Tuileries. Uh, yeah, Tuileries. either do. I know that. Um, Marie had no company um, of her most intimate friends who. Most of them had emigrated after the fall of the Bastille. They were like, I'm getting really out of here. Really not surprised, which is what not she wanted to do. Not sticking around to get killed. Um, I also read that they sort of, not that they were dragged to Paris, but that they were like made to go. Like they were escorted to Paris. But yeah, this I drag imagine. sounds a bit more dramatic. Um, so I left that one in. <laughs> Louis was a bit useless from what I can tell. Uh, and it was Marion Antoinette who tried to get the family out of Paris alive. So they're in prison now. Um, and she actually tried numerous avenues, eventually asking friends outside of Paris, outside of France for help. So she tried people within France and they sort of failed to help her escape. Yeah. So it was with the assistance of a few people, the Swedish Count Hans Axel von Fersen, Ooh. French aristocrat Louis-Auguste Le Tonnelier de Bretel, and royal generalist uh, Francois-Claude Amour uh, de Bol. <laughs> That, that these names need to names. go on forever. <laughs> yeah, you like finish and then you're like, yeah, oh, oh no, there's more. <laughs> um, so they were the uh, with the assistance of these people, the plans were laid for the flight of the royal family to Mont Montmedy on the eastern frontier. So basically, to escape. Yeah. These people were 
lining up this plan. So they'd arranged for the king and the queen to escape from Paris on the night of June 20th, 1791. And they fled. I'm not sure how they got out. They fled and headed for the Austrian border, but were apprehended by revolutionary forces at Varennes, apparently, on June 25th. Uh, So five days later. Yeah. They were escorted back to Paris. Rumour was that the Queen's bro, as I mentioned, Emperor Joe, I think it was the second, maybe at that time, uh, was waiting with troops to invade France, overthrow the revolutionary government and restore the power of the monarchy and its nobility. And um, this led... Why didn't he? Well, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Maybe they didn't want to... I don't know. Maybe they're trying to figure out other ways of doing it. Or maybe the power of the actual revolutionary government was... Just too much. Not too much, but like a bit of a worry. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a worry. um, Yeah, maybe they just didn't want to storm in there and take over France, I think. Yeah. Because it's not going to lead to happiness, is it? No. But also might get his sister back. Um, but this incident, uh, to many, was proof that the Queen was not just a foreigner, but a traitor. Oh, now yeah, that's she's trying to get help. the Austrians to take over, apparently. So, what happened next was actually... So, this was a bit... In all the things I read, it was just sort of, like, skipped over. But I was like, this is what's happened there. So, Louis signed the Constitution, which um, I think was, like, written by the National Assembly, given to him. Please sign this. Um, and he was actually restored to the throne um, in Paris, I think it was. So you'll stay here, but you'll be our king, um, from what I can tell. Please don't email him with, like, you're wrong about this. Because I don't so know this more, bit. it's not like a... Um, it's more like we have It's more like in we England. have. Yeah, I think yeah. so. They but don't maybe have they have some power. power. Maybe they, they have, have some power. limited yeah. powers. Uh, in April 1792, is a way to test the loyalties of the king and queen, the uh, Jacobin and revolutionary government... Declared war on Austria, so they oh, seem to have the wow. pow- a lot of the power there. Yeah, maybe. war didn't go well, um, and it was blamed on Marie Antoinette. Um, partly, it was Austria, not Austria. August, <laughs> one's a month, one's a country. August tenth, seventeen ninety-two. The popular hatred of the Queen provided impetus for the storming of the Tuileries Palace. Uh, palace, so they must have maybe in Paris, and the overthrow of the monarchy. So they've had enough again. They were like, nah. How long did it last? Uh, A year or so, I think. Oh, right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe under a year, I think. Um, Marie Antoinette spent the remainder of her life in Parisian uh, prisons. The Princess de Lambert, who I mentioned earlier. Her Her best mate. Her best mate. Who remained loyal... Yeah. She remained loyal to Marie Antoinette throughout the revolution. She was imprisoned with Marie Antoinette. Um, and I think I read as well that, I don't know why I didn't write it down, that when they were trying to organise her to escape, she would hold like secret meetings in her salon for people to meet and be like, how are we going to get the Queen out? And how are we going to get the King Aww, out? So, so she was nice. she proper loved her. Um, Lambeau refused to take an oath against the monarchy. And on September the 3rd, 1792, she was delivered to a Parisian mob uh, who cut her head off and paraded it on a sp- on a pike outside Marie Antoinette's window? That's awful. Brutal. That's disgusting. Um, in December um, that year, Louis the Sixteenth uh, was put on trial for treason, and in January uh, the next year he was executed. What treason? What did he do? Just not good to the people. Of, uh... Oh right. I, know, I thought that when I read it, I was like. So you need more, but maybe they don't need no, more. No, probably <laughs> you don't didn't need any more time. detail. That's treason. Mm-hmm. He's just not been treating people well. Right. 
spending all the money. Um, and yeah, people are dying. So um, she, uh, Marie Antoinette, was moved to the conciergerie shortly after. We, uh, we visited the concierge. We visited the room which Marion Antoinette sort of lived in then for the rest of her yes. life. Um, in July 1793, Marion Antoinette lost custody of a young son. Uh, this is quite brutal as well. Uh, who was forced to accuse her of sexual assault and incest before a revolutionary tribunal. Um, That's disgusting again. In September 1793, she was put in solitary confinement. I think that might be the room we saw. The one in solitary yeah. compi- confinement. Um, and she was brought before the Revolutionary Tribunal on October 14th, 1793, and was guillotined two days later. She didn't even do that much. In 1815, her remains, along with those of Louis XVI, were transferred to the the uh, Royal Crypt in the Basilica of Saint-Denis. Um, oh, So, I've just got a little thing from history.com. They, they said the story, this is a quote, the story of revolution and resistance in 18th century France is a complicated one and no two historians tell the st- story the same way. However, it is clear that for the revolutionaries, Marie Antoinette's significance was mainly powerfully symbolic. She and the people, she and the people around her seemed to represent everything that was wrong with the monarchy and second estate, being the nobility. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. They appeared to be tone deaf, out of touch, disloyal along with uh, her allegedly tre- treasonous behaviour, um, writers and pamphleteers, frequently accused the Queen of adultery, as I mentioned, uh, and self-interested. What Marie Antoinette was actually like was beside the point. The image of the Queen was far more influential than the woman herself. So Which I didn't touch on any sort of adulterous stuff, but people said that was happening yeah. at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that it doesn't matter who you are as a person. Yeah, it didn't matter at all what she was like. Yeah. Which is a massive shame. But also, I I do understand that she was just like spending all the money a bit flashy with it and then was like, no, no, don't change the taxes. No, it's quite easy to see the revolutionary side, I think. Yeah. And see all these people spending loads of money and not caring about you. Let them eat cake. I'll get on to that in a sec. I've got a little couple of other things. So there's a movie. Yes. Called Marie Antoinette. By, directed by Sophia Coppola. I've got Kirsten Dunst in it. Kirsten Dunst. You often get compared to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, apparently I look like her. Um, Not so much anymore since I've no. had a brace, but I used to have the same teeth. <laughs> Poor Kirsten. What? Pre, pre-brace, that must mean they're better now, right? Yeah, but I didn't actually need a brace. Oh, okay. I didn't qualify. All right. I had to ask for it as a present. <laughs> what a present. For your 18th, I know. Yeah. She's at uni with a brace. Braces. Um, sure uni. So, yeah, Sophie Coppola movie with uh, Kirsten Dunst. I've got it in DVD. You've not watched it? Not watched it. Could do. I wonder how she says, let them eat cake. Well, I don't know. This is what I was thinking. So, I'll get onto that again in a sec. Okay. 2006, that film, if you want to watch it. Uh, Mixed reviews, but. Oh, really mixed? Yeah. But it seems quite interesting. There's a thing called Marie Antoinette syndrome. What is that? An alleged condition of hair suddenly turning white. It comes from uh, folklore about the hair of Queen Marie Antoinette turning stark white after her capture following the ill-fated flight to Varan during the French Revolution. All her hair or just like a streak? Just, I think all her hair. Just bam. Wow. Oh, bam. White. White. Alleged. Wow. But, yeah, that's the, apparently that's the syndrome. That's the first thing that came up when I searched Marie Antoinette. What is Marie Antoinette syndrome on Google? Really? I was like, what? So, um, did you know 
there's no evidence that Marie Antoinette uh, ever said that starving um, parents should before. eat cake if they had no bread. In fact, the story um, of a noble woman who said let them eat cake appears in the philosopher Jean-Jacques Rousseau, 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 Rousseau as Confessions, which was written around 1766 when Marie Antoinette was about 11. So, unlikely. Mm. But maybe she I read it how, and was like, this is a classic linked. line. Yeah, she could have actually. I wonder how, if she didn't say it, got linked to her then. I'm not sure. Somebody's obviously got someone's, confused yeah. with two people Or there. someone's been like, I bet this is what she said. Yeah. He's been or... reading the confessions and he's been like, oh, I bet this is what she said. And this someone's like, did you hear my answer? And that said, let me make cake. It's whispers, isn't it? It is. Other people call it one. telephone. Who calls it telephone? It's just like another name. Not me, but I've heard people say, it's like a game of telephone. What's the telephone It's game? like whispers. So that was my report on Very Marie Antoinette. Good. I feel like, do you ever write, this is the first time I've written a report and I've been like, oh, I feel like I might miss something big. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What? I don't. You probably never had this feeling, but because I didn't oh, know I about it, and it's quite a popular topic, and people are like, "Well, you've missed out the fact that she was like kicking people." I don't know. Yeah, but I'm fairly sure you would have come across yeah, it. Yeah, probably. It sounds like you've read quite a lot. I read a couple of different articles, at least three. <laughs> I think they would have come so, up. So yeah, three. they would have come up. Um, Should have watched the film. I know, but I think that's time. I could have actually, but I had other things on my mind. Uh, but that's my uh, report on the life and times. Of Marie Antoinette. I didn't know whether to call it Marie Antoinette and the French Revolution, but then people might get... Mm. There's not that much about the French Revolution in there. No, I guess not. Um, I tried to keep that to a minimum, focus on Marie Antoinette. But her son, one of her sons died, the other son became Louis the 17th, 17th. later on, I think. Oh. Uh, when they were maybe restored again. But uh, if you'd... Do you want to do some... Yeah. Some, some, some. If you'd like to get in touch with us to correct Matthew, yeah. <laughs> um, the Twitter is at Idiot History Pod. Uh, our Gmail is at Idiot. Oh, our Gmail. I do this every week. Our Gmail is idiothistorypod at gmail dot com. Um, so you can send us an email there. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Idiots Talk History. Perfect. And then just have a download on iTunes yeah, and, and a five a star and a review and a. Just a subscribe, whatever. Um, and look out for our new podcast. Yes. On the move. On the move. Coming soon as we are off on our jollies for a year or so. We are. Going around the world. So we'll uh, share lots of fun tales and uh, whatever we're doing around the world. All sorts of funny stuff to look forward to. Some history stuff as well. Yes. We'll go to some historical places. Yeah, a lot of art galleries. Oh. So... Yeah, look out for that. We'll, yep. uh, I'm sure we'll link to that in our future episodes. We will. But we will speak to you next week now. Yep. So have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Yes, do. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.